Today we are going to read my 21 top favorite messianic prophecies that point towards Yeshua as we see revealed throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible is full of messianic prophecies. In fact, there are more than 324 prophecies given in scripture and 48 that are specifically messianic. What is the importance of prophecy? It is because prophecy shows the validity of scripture, that what scripture has said will happen has happened. And in the case of Yeshua, these prophecies that we get to go back and see how they were fulfilled in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, and even how there are prophecies yet to be fulfilled when he returns as king. And as believers, this is exciting and this is beautiful. So let's jump right in and start with the first of these messianic prophecies that Yeshua fulfilled. Grab your Bible or simply join me reading them on the screen as I share. Let's dive in. The first prophecy we'll read is how the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. As we see in Micah 5 verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. This is no normal ruler of Israel. Matthew 2, 1-7, we see this fulfillment come to pass. Now after Jesus, Yeshua, was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Quoting from Micah, we see also in John chapter 7 verse 42, Has not the scripture said that the Messiah comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? Likewise in Luke chapter 2 verse 4 through 7, And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to, Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, or a feeding trough, because there was no place for them in the inn. The second prophecy is that Messiah is to be preceded by a messenger. As was prophesied in Isaiah 40 verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Malachi 3:1, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Kind of like makes your, 
your skin prickle. Behold, he is coming. How exciting. And then we see the fulfillment in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Matthew eleven seven through 10 As they departed, Yeshua began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. John 1, verse 23, John the Baptist replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am a voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Luke 1.17, the angel spoke to Zechariah concerning his son and said, He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. The third prophecy we're going to look at is that Messiah is to enter Jerusalem on a donkey. As it was prophesied in Zechariah chapter 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shouts aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. We see this prophecy fulfilled in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 16, and it is also repeated in each of the Gospels. So we see in John 12, the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Yeshua was coming to Jerusalem. And so they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Yeshua found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Yeshua was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. Our fourth messianic prophecy is that Messiah was to be betrayed by a friend. Psalms 41 verse 9 Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. Psalm 55 12 through 13 For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We see this fulfillment in John chapter 13, verse 21. After saying these things, Yeshua was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. 
It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into Judas. Yeshua said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. We also see this in Matthew 26, 49-50. And Judas came up to Yeshua in the garden of Gethsemane at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him on the cheek. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. As we see Judas betraying Yeshua. The fifth messianic prophecy is that Messiah is to be sold for 30 pieces of silver. We see this prophesied in Zechariah 11 verse 12. Then I said to them, If it seems good to you, give me my wages, but if not, keep them. And they weighed out as my wages 30 pieces of silver. Now this might be a strange prophecy, but we see it fulfilled in Matthew 26 verse 14 through 15. And that is something to keep in mind that is beautiful about the prophecies we see throughout God's word. Sometimes God has his prophets, as we see in Zechariah, doing something that is sort of strange. And yet, there's a purpose, because it points to something that will be fulfilled at a later time. Matthew 26, 14-15 Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. Also in Matthew 27, 3-10, Then when Judas saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and said, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. The sixth prophecy is that the money for which Messiah is sold is to be thrown to the potter in God's house. We see this prophesied in Zechariah 11, verse 13. Then the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, the lordly price at which I was priced by them. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Now it's interesting because as we'll see throughout scripture, is sometimes God instructs his prophets to do things that don't seem to make sense. But there is a purpose. And sometimes that purpose will only be revealed at a later time, as we see in this case. The fulfillment in Matthew 27, 5-7 And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he, Judas, departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Our seventh messianic prophecy is that the Messiah is to be born of a virgin. We see this prophesied in Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is fulfilled in Luke 1, 26-33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God 
to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bear a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua. And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Our eighth prophecy, Messiah is to be hated without cause. As was prophesied in Psalm 69, 4, More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Mighty are those who would destroy me, those who attack me with lies. Likewise, Psalm 3, verse 1, O Lord, how many are my foes, many are rising against me. And I would encourage you to read the fullness of Psalm 3. It's a short psalm, but you can see even in that psalm the story of what was to come in Yeshua. We see the fulfillment in John 15, verse 24 through 25. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. The ninth messianic prophecy, Messiah is to be silent before his accusers. As it was prophesied in Isaiah 53 verse 7, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opens not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. We see the fulfillment of Isaiah 53 in Matthew 27 verse 12. But when he, Yeshua, was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. And of course, on that note, even before I continue, the whole chapter of Isaiah 53 is absolutely beautiful as it points towards Yeshua, and all of it was fulfilled in the life and the death and the resurrection of Yeshua. If you have never read Isaiah 53, please go right now and read Isaiah 53. Continuing on, the 10th Messianic prophecy, that Messiah is to be executed by crucifixion by having his hands and feet pierced, as was prophesied in Psalm, 1, uh, Psalm 22, verse 16. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. We see this fulfillment in John chapter 19, verse 18, where it says, And there they crucified him, which includes piercing of hands and feet, and with him two others, one on either side, and Yeshua between them. The eleventh messianic prophecy is that Messiah is to be given vinegar to quench his thirst. We see this prophesied in Psalm 69, verse 21. For my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. We see this fulfillment in Matthew 27, verse 34. They offered Yeshua wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. The next messianic prophecy, Messiah is to be executed without having a bone broken. 
Exodus 12, verse 46. Each Passover lamb must be eaten in one house. Do not carry any of its meat outside and do not break any of its bones. Likewise, in Psalm 34, verse 21, he keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. We see this fulfillment in John 19, 33-36. But when they came to Yeshua and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. And he who saw it was born witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. The thirteenth messianic prophecy is that Messiah is to be buried with the rich. Isaiah 53 verse 9 He was assigned a grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. This is fulfilled in Matthew 27, 57-60. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea, named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Yeshua. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Yeshua. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen shroud, and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. The fourteenth messianic prophecy is that Messiah is to be raised from the dead. As it was prophesied in Isaiah 53, 9-10, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days, and the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Likewise in Psalm 16, verse 10, For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. We see this fulfillment in Matthew 28, 5-6, when the angel said to the woman, The women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Likewise in Acts 2, 23-36, This Jesus, Yeshua, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Yet God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I might not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Likewise in Acts 13, 24 through 27, and as for the fact that he had raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy ones see decay. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw decay, but he whom God raised up did not see decay. 15th Messianic Prophecy, Messiah became the Passover Lamb, whose shed blood saves us from eternal death 
and gives us access to salvation and eternal life, as it was prophesied in Exodus 12, verse 13. The blood of the Passover lamb shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. We see this fulfilled in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, Messiah, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Likewise, in 1 Peter 1, 18-19, Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Messiah, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Our 16th Messianic prophecy, Messiah was without sin, unleavened, fulfilling the feast of unleavened bread. Prophesied in Leviticus 23, verse 6, And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you are to eat unleavened bread. We see this fulfilled in 1 Corinthians 5, 8, when Paul continues to say, as we read in our previous prophecy, let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And for those who have never perhaps read these verses or have never heard of this feast of unleavened bread, you can find out more about this feast of Passover of unleavened bread and the feasts I'm about to read about in Leviticus chapter 23. But we see how each of these feasts Yeshua fulfilled. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made Yeshua, who had never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The 17th Messianic prophecy, Messiah rose from the dead, fulfilling the feasts of first fruits, As it was prophesied in Leviticus 23, 9-11, And the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say, When you enter the land that I am giving you, and you reap its harvest, you are to bring to the priest a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord, so that it may be accepted on your behalf. That's a very strange festival, but yet we see the fulfillment here in 1 Corinthians 15.20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. While sometimes what we may read in Scripture sounds strange, when we see that everything in Scripture points to Yeshua, there is such beauty and such depth. And I would encourage you, if you've never kept these festivals, now is the time to start. Because these feast days are for all who follow the God of Israel and who believe in Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah, as they all point to Him. Continuing on to our 18th Messianic prophecy. Messiah will return on the Feast of Trumpets at the sound of the trump. Prophesied in Numbers 29.1, On the first day of the seventh month you are to hold a sacred assembly, and you must not do any regular work. This will be a day for you to sound the trumpets. There is no other context given in this chapter or this verse on why they are to sound trumpets except that they are to sound trumpets. But as we see, each of the festivals are pointing to Yeshua. Each of the festivals are being fulfilled. And this is one that has not yet been fulfilled, but will be fulfilled. 
as we see in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Likewise, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we shall be changed. The 19th prophecy, the dead will be judged before God's holy throne on the day of atonement, the next biblical festival. As we see in Leviticus 23, 26-29 what this festival is about, again the Lord said to Moses, On the tenth day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. You shall hold a sacred assembly and humble yourselves before the Lord your God and present an offering made by fire to the Lord. On this day, you are not to do any work, for it is the day of atonement, when atonement is made for you before the Lord your God. If anyone does not humble himself on this day, he must be cut off from his people. Now we who are believers in Yeshua and Jesus know that he is our atonement, and we do not have to fear in the same way as those who were uncertain because we know that we have been covered by his blood when we accept his salvation given to us through his sacrifice on the cross. But yet we do know scripture speaks of a day when we will all stand before God's throne of judgment and books will be opened. Did we say we followed him in word only? And did we live lives in contrary, in opposition to him? Or did we think that we could put it off until when we were on our deathbed, then I'll accept Jesus as my Messiah, but let me have some fun first. This is a moment of reckoning. And as it says in Leviticus 23, the man who does not humble himself before the Lord on that day will be cut off. When we stand before God's judgment throne, if we have not been found to have humbled ourselves before him, we will also be cut off. And that is a severe warning but for those of us who are in Yeshua, it is also a day to remember and to thank the Lord for his atonement. Revelation 20, 11 through 12, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. As scripture says, We who follow Yeshua, we are covered by his blood, but yet every idle word will be judged. Every idle deed will be judged. Let us be certain that our words, every word of our mouth, every action that we do, is one that brings glory to our King. The 20th Messianic Prophecy is that Messiah will return as a bridegroom for his bride, and that he will dwell, he will tabernacle amongst his people. And we see this pointing back to when God gave the Feast of Tabernacles in Leviticus 23, verse 34, 39, and 42. The whole chapter, read it if you have never read it. I'm skipping around a little bit just so I can have the top verses since I can't read the whole chapter in this video. I mean, I can, but it'll make the video a bit longer, so. I'll let you guys read it on your own. Here we go. On the 15th day of the seventh month, the Feast of Tabernacles to the Lord begins, and it continues for seven days. There shall be complete rest on the first day and also on the eighth day. You are to dwell in booths 
for seven days. Booths, tabernacles, what we'll call sukkahs, which are um, structures made out of uh, branches. And look it up online if you've never seen them before. But many of us who are in Messiah and Yeshua and Jesus, we love celebrating this festival. On the first day, you are to gather the fruit of majestic trees, the branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and of willows of the brook. And you are to rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You are to celebrate this as a feast to the Lord for seven days each year. This is a permanent statute for the generations to come. You are to celebrate it in the seventh month. What's amazing about this festival is that, as we know, Hebrew weddings were celebrated seven to eight days or even more. It was a celebration, a time of rejoicing, a time of feasting. And we see this time, this feast of tabernacles, the time of rejoicing, of feasting in the presence of the Lord. And there is these branches of leafy trees and boughs of palm trees, trees. There's something beautiful here that we see yet to be fulfilled in Revelation 19, 6 through 9. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. The fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Likewise in Revelation 21 verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell, he will tabernacle with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Revelation 22, 1-5 Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The festival of the Feast of Tabernacles, the festival of Sukkot, as it's called in Hebrew, points towards this greater day, this greater day of when our bridegroom, when Yeshua returns as king and sets up his kingdom here on earth. All of this is the beginning of something beautiful that this Feast of Tabernacles points to. When God himself will dwell amongst us, he will tabernacle amongst us. The 21st and the last final messianic prophecy that I will read today. There's so many more, but this is what we have time for today. We see that Messiah is the promised redeemer who would crush the head of the serpent. And this is actually the first messianic prophecy, the one that's in the very beginning. We know Yeshua, when he met with the men on the road to Emmaus, he, it says in scripture that he started at the beginning and showed them how he is revealed through all of scripture, that these words from the beginning, from Genesis forward, all speak of him and his coming. Genesis 3, 
verses 14 through 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. We see this in Luke 22, 3-5. Then Satan entered Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. And Judas went out to discuss with the chief priests and temple officers how he might betray Jesus to them. We see this plan of the enemy to strike the heel of the coming Messiah prophesied in Genesis as coming Redeemer, the one who would come. But yet, we see in Romans 16 verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Yeshua be with you. And Revelation 20 verses 1 through 2 and 10, and he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent of old who is the devil and Satan, and threw him into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet also were, and they will be tormented day and night forever. It is so important that we as believers in Yeshua, in Jesus, that we know and that we understand these messianic prophecies, that we read them, that we read them to our children so that they can have a firm foundation in understanding how all of scripture points towards Jesus. All of scripture is a story pointing towards this greater fulfillment. Even the festivals, the entire goal of Torah is to point towards Yeshua, the Redeemer promised in Genesis who will come, who will crush the head of the serpent, and who will come back and reign as king on earth as it is in heaven. So we as believers, we have an important call and responsibility to walk as our Messiah walked, to run after him, to be his disciple, and to be busy with the things he was busy with, spreading the kingdom of God, with preaching repentance, with going out and showing love to those who were rejected, who were forgotten, for praying for the sick, for casting out demons, for standing for truth and righteousness, and for keeping his Father's commands. As he says in Matthew 5, he did not come to abolish, but to bring to fullness, to fully preach. We who say we follow Yeshua, let us follow Yeshua. Let us walk as he walked, not just in the pieces and parts that our denomination or our church has decided is applicable, but let us look at the full life of our Messiah and do as he did. This is how we will be an example of our King to the world. This is how we will represent our Father's heart to the world and be a light to the nations that Yeshua has called us to be, a city set on a hill whose light will not be hidden. I hope this video blessed you. Like and subscribe, share with your friends, and we hope to see you in the next video. Blessings and Shalom. When I